The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Primal Body, Primal Mind. Your host, Nora Gedgaudis, is here to take you on a fun-filled and informational journey through the mind and your body with a focus on neurofeedback and healthy nutrition and what it can do for you, your family, and friends. Now here's your host, Nora Gedgaudis. Well, good morning or afternoon, depending on where you are. Welcome once again to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. And today, in the first half of the show, we're going to be talking about something you may never have even heard of before. But it's entirely possible this may be affecting you or somebody you love. And in the second half of the show today, we're going to be talking again about neurofeedback and the way it has and can be used in school systems throughout the country to uh, benefit your child in potentially dramatic ways. We'll be welcoming John Anderson of the Minnesota Neurotherapy Institute, who was a longtime director of the neurofeedback program at the highly acclaimed New Vision Charter School, A Chance to Grow in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a place, too, where I experienced my own clinical humble beginnings in neurofeedback. Uh, you won't want to miss that interview. But uh, before I continue, allow me to offer up the standard disclaimer that, of course, and nothing we talk about or discuss is designed in any way to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any medical condition, and it is in no way designed to take the place of evaluation or care by your trusted and qualified medical health care provider. So that being said, are you suffering from lifelong, mysteriously intractable mental or maybe physical symptoms? Have you perhaps long suffered severe inner tension or are you prone to ongoing anxiety? Do you have poor stress tolerance? Or how about digestive issues and problems digesting protein and or possibly frequent colds or infections, joint pain, stiffness, acne, eczema, psoriasis, mood swings, etc.? Do you tend to be a loner? Well, although these symptoms may have many different causes, Having many of these symptoms together, along with many others we're going to talk about here, can point to the possibility of a little-known genetic metabolic condition known as pyroluria. So what is pyroluria? Well, during the synthesis of, of hemoglobin in your body, there are waste products generated that are known as cryptopyroles. Now, cryptopyroles, they, they don't really serve any useful biological purpose, and they're normally excreted by most of us pretty, pretty readily. But in someone with pyroluria, though, these cryptopyroles don't get excreted, and they'll tend to build up in the body and, and even more so under, under stress. And it turns out that cryptopyroles tend to bind very strongly with things like zinc and vitamin B6, making them largely unusable by your body. Now, zinc and B6, of course, these are nutrients critical for the functioning of your entire body and mind, including your digestion, in, including your immune system and your cognitive functioning, and even including your emotions. So over time, this can become extremely problematic. 
And oftentimes people will go for years suffering the effects of pyroluria no matter what they try or how well they try to eat. The really good news here is that it really is an entirely manageable condition once you know you have it and once you embark on a strict protocol of nutritional supplementation that we're going to be talking about shortly. Today we have with us one of the most respected writers, educators, and pioneers um, and, and pioneering practitioners in, in the field of nutritional psychology to discuss this very topic. Now, Julia Ross is a pioneer in the field of nutritional psychology and a specialist in the treatment of eating disorders and addictions. Her best-selling books, which you, some of you might be familiar with, The Diet Cure and The Mood Cure, they've sold well over 150,000 copies worldwide, and she's appeared in Psychology Today, Alternative Medicine, and Natural Health Magazines, as well as others. She's the Executive Director of the Recovery Systems Clinic in Mill Valley, California. She's also written a rather favorable endorsement of my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, for which I am very grateful. And I am honored and greatly privileged and entirely pleased to welcome Julia Ross to the show. Welcome, Julia. Thanks, Nora. I'm delighted to be here with you. Oh, yeah, and, and thank you for talking to us today about this greatly neglected subject. Now, you've been running into pyroluria doing what you do for a pretty long time. Isn't that right? That is right. Uh, and, and the reason that uh, I was alerted to it um, before many other uh, holistic health practitioners um, was probably because of the nature of the clinic that I run, uh, which uh, mostly treats women. Uh, and pyroluria is, is a condition that's um, much more common among women. In fact, one of the one of the questions in identifying whether someone is pyroluric, uh, which is a very reliable test, by the way, mm-hmm. um, is uh, do you come from a family uh, that where girls predominate, uh, and perhaps even uh, have look-alike sisters? Mm-hmm. And since most of our clients are female, because we deal with um, food addiction uh, as well as as uh, addiction to other substances, um, we get a lot of people who have this complex of symptoms um, that other techniques that are miraculously beneficial, you know, in, in, within 24 hours really, the nutritional techniques that we use for many of our clients don't quite accomplish the goal. You know, they get yeah. maybe a 50% improvement, but there are a lot of other symptoms um, that don't improve, and when I talk about improvement, uh, what I'm talking about is um, in things like unneeded weight gain and uh, negative moods that appear to be genetic that don't really correspond to to negative circumstances. Yeah. Um, so this kind of situation um, is very common among Americans now, especially among American women, where depression. Um, is is very high and much higher than among males. Um, so uh, I, I was fascinated to find some answers in uh, the symptoms of pyroluria. Yeah. For example, people who uh, tend to have eating disorders, um, including compulsive eating, typically skip breakfast um, and don't like protein. So they're perfect candidates for carbohydrate addiction, yeah. hypoglycemia, um, 
a lot of the conditions that uh, the women in that women in America suffer from, and uh, and we really couldn't figure out why can't we get these people to eat breakfast, even though they understand that unless they eat breakfast, their blood sugar is going to plummet and they're going to be craving carbs like crazy the rest of the day and overeating and gaining unneeded weight. And when we discovered that uh, that the problem with appetite was really a zinc deficiency that didn't respond to the modest zinc supplementation that we would typically give, <clears throat> and we were delighted to discover that really it was a much more profound zinc deficiency caused by this genetic condition, but that it could be corrected with higher doses of zinc. And when you talk about this is an easily resolvable condition, you're right. If you just identify the condition, right. uh, you can you can run after it with uh, with zinc and vitamin B6, and there are some other nutrients that um, uh, whose utilization is suppressed by the condition as well. Yeah, what's the role of manganese in all of this? Because I see mixed things on that subject. It almost seems to get mentioned in passing. Well, the reason is that although uh, manganese levels are lower among pyrolurics, um, it's, it, we only need a tiny amount of manganese to correct that. So, yeah. um, so people with pyroluria could respond to um, a handsome uh, multivitamin, say a four a day, right. uh, uh, four to six a day multivitamin. The amount of manganese there would be adequate for them. Yeah. However, they would never get enough zinc right. um, or B6 from that kind of um, rich. Uh, multivitamin mineral to uh, to solve the problem. Right. And a lot of zinc supplements, too, is sort of a, a caveat that people, well, of course, we don't want people to run out and try to self-medicate if they have some of these symptoms. <laughs> you have to kind of make that clear. You really do want to test first to even know whether you need it. But, um, you know, a lot of zinc supplements, of course, tend to come coupled with copper, which need to be in a relative balance in the body. But, of course, there's such a disproportionate uh, deficiency of zinc and pyroluria, you just don't want to be getting that proportional amount of copper with the kind of dosing you'd be doing with, with zinc. No, you sure don't. Boy, big time. And <laughs> in fact, I suspect most of them are probably copper dominant. Well, I think, you know, the point that you made about first identify if you have the problem. Um, and and so uh, the questionnaire is really the place to start. So yes. where can people get uh, their hands on a copy of the questionnaire? Well, there is um, a copy of the questionnaire in my book, The Mood Cure, um, but uh, there is a, 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 a real, uh, a very handsome discussion uh, from a very experienced practitioner, Joan Matthews Larson, in her book, Depression Free Naturally. Oh, good. Um, and so, uh, in addition to the questionnaire itself, uh, she will lay out what their standard treatment dosing is. Um, and so the, the uh, cutoff is 15. You know, if your symptoms, uh, it's there are about 30 uh, questions. And if your, your symptoms amount to 15 or above, then uh, the next step would be to consider a urine test. Right. Um, unfortunately, that is a, a little more complicated because it's a very uh, delicate uh, laboratory process um, to accurately identify um, excess uh, pyrroles, and um, a lot of labs don't do it very well. So um, you have to be very careful. And if you do send off a urine sample to a lab, 
and and it uh, identifies you as not having pyroluria, but you have many of the symptoms, um, I would be um, very suspect. So um, what I can say is that um, our experience so far leads us to believe that vitamin diagnostics in New Jersey, um, your listeners can find it on the web. Um, Which does require a licensed healthcare provider in order to order that test. It does. Yeah. And uh, But you want to order a very specific test only there for hemopyrals, H-A-E-M-O, pyrals, not cryptopyrals. The cryptopyrals are done at another lab, which doesn't do a good job. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we have to take a break right now, but when we come back, uh, we're going to have Julia back, and we'll talk some more about this subject. We've got a lot more to talk about here, so please stay tuned to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm Nora Gagoudis, and we'll be back in just a minute. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC Science Consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended, a jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. Are you looking for a new perspective in today's challenging economic and personal times? Join the journey to your personal best on the Sky's the Limit radio program featuring your hosts Karen Lovett, Jackie Lawney, and John McDermott. The engaging discussion will center on concrete ideas and actions to help improve your personal wealth, love, appreciation, power, choice, relationships, and more. Karen, Jackie, and John will guide you to your true power of choice on the Sky's the Limit, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. 
Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. And we're here today with uh, best-selling author Julia Ross, who's a pioneer in the field of nutritional psychology. And she's sharing with us today her her special insights and expertise on the subject of a little-known metabolic condition called pyroluria. And uh, when we uh, last left off, we we uh, were talking about uh, we were talking about this subject, and then and Julia and I realized that a lot of you may have. Um, it might be really helpful for a lot of you to take a look at what the the screening questionnaire looks like, what many of the symptoms look like. On my website, primalbody-primalmind.com, if you go to the Nutritional Geek Corner link, uh, there is an article in there on pyroluria, and you can scroll down and you can find the symptomatic uh, questionnaire, the screening questionnaire uh, on that on that web page so that you have an idea of what it is that we are uh, talking about here. So, uh, Julia, I know that... Um, um, well, there are a lot of people, including doctors and even natural health care providers, that just don't even realize this condition even exists. In fact, I mean, the whole subject is often greeted either with skepticism or blank looks. And the last I looked at Wikipedia, not, of course, the most reliable or definitive source for any information, but it has a less than accurate picture of the validity of this condition. So why do you suppose that is? Is it just that there simply aren't any medications to treat it? Well, right. So there's there's not uh, that pharmaceutical motivation <clears throat> to research it um, but it's it's really um, one of a number of of absolutely fascinating very practical and all too common uh, commonly ignored um, conditions that we've really had solutions for I've known about and had solutions for since the 70s uh, certainly the 80s um, for example, um, amino acid therapy, which you know has a, a, a track record of, of correcting uh, appetite and mood in 24 hours. We've known about it because of the same um, genius uh, MD biochemist uh, Carl Pfeiffer, who identified both uh, the therapeutic value of amino acids in correcting the neurotransmitters in the brain that that uh, are malfunctioning. Um, yeah. And, and also identified pyroluria as an underlying condition to um, addiction where it's almost 50%, um, it accounts for almost 50% um, of males and females, um, and uh, uh, mental illness even. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Pfeiffer Clinic has been routinely screening for and addressing pyroluria for years. It's definitely recognized in the fields of orthomolecular medicine and orthomolecular psychiatry. But unfortunately, that is, uh, you know... By definition, uh, a group of clinicians who avoid medication. Right. And uh, so they have been scorned uh, and ignored for a long time. Uh, and fortunately, the supplement companies uh, keep this information alive um, by providing information uh, like uh, promoting uh Thank God, both of my books, The Diet Cure, which is about compulsive eating and the nutritional cure for that, and The Mood Cure, which is obviously about eliminating negative moods, chronic negative moods, uh, using uh, nutrients. 
Right. Yeah. Well, there now there are also uh, many widely recognized conditions that can also have pyroluria as an unbeknownst sort of underlying factor, uh, making it really difficult to make headway with other treatments people may be undergoing. Well, like for instance, I, yeah. I know that some studies suggest that as many as 50% of autistic persons may have it and 40% of alcoholics, 70% of schizophrenics, and um, maybe even 70% of people suffering depression, according to some studies, and, and 30% of people struggling with ADD are some statistics that I've come across. Well, and it's interesting that um, many of those conditions um, uh, in in, in attempting to treat them nutritionally, uh, we've relied pretty heavily on uh, on the use of, of fish oil, you know, omega-3 right. fats. Yeah, good. And in the case of pyroluria, that is not a successful intervention because pyrolurics tend to have a very unusual capacity to extract the omega-3s from other sources, like all animal fat contains omega-3 fat, for example, right. in small amounts. Um and, and some vegetable, many vegetable oils. Um, so uh, in their case, though, they're very deficient in a different fatty acid, um, a GLA, which is um, found uh, pretty richly concentrated in evening primrose oil, which is the, the source we use, uh, also black currant oil and, and slightly more problematic uh, borage oil. Right, right. So these are some of the nutrients that, that can be very helpful in addition to the zinc and the B6. Um, but uh, it, a recent study just showed that um, depressed females do not respond to omega-3 fish oil supplementation, and, and I think that this is one of the reasons, big reasons why. One of the reasons why, yeah. I also know that pyrolics tend to have a slightly higher requirement for... <laughs> What has otherwise been uh, vilified um, as, the, as a bad fatty acid, arachidonic acid, which is really rich, of course, in things like red meat and eggs and butter and liver and things like that, um, other omega-6s. Well, I think that, that um, you know, omega-6 overload uh, is, is a problem. Yeah. Um, for the whole society, you know, which is too much vegetable oil. Right. right. Um, and uh, pyrolurics are actually a little, uh, a little better equipped than others to keep the omega-3, omega-6 balance going. Uh, you know, I thought it might be um, a good idea to talk about um, a pyroluric. Okay. Uh, just to give people kind of a sense of... Uh, you know what it would really be like to uh, to identify with this condition or not. Now, again, most of the clients that we see with pyroluria are female, but we do uh, have male clients. And you were mentioning off air that uh, you've had a number of male clients with pyroluria. Also, what we've noticed is that they tend to have a disproportionate number of sisters, or that their mothers had many sisters. So there's something. Um, uh, feminine about their lineage, um, and you mentioned that there's often something feminine about uh, the males that have it. Um, and uh, so, a common uh, a common scenario for us is uh, is a woman coming in who uh, is complaining of um, intractable mood problems. You use that word. Um, 
And uh, with a tendency, you talked about people being loners. Um, most of the women that come in are in a relationship uh, with a spouse, and uh, and that will often be their only close relationship. And that when we talk in, about their history, they were shy. They did not uh, easily connect socially, so that they might have had one or two friends at the most um, going growing up. Um, that their diet is not good, um, that they tend to be overeaters uh, towards the end of the day and, and undereaters at the beginning of the day, that they specifically tend to gravitate towards being vegetarian and have a lot of the nutritional deficiencies that we identify with, with uh, most of the vegetarians that come into our clinic. Um, they've become a, a the following being the most common, they become addicted to carbohydrates and um, so that they're getting very little protein um, and uh, and saturated fat um, to essential nutrients. Um, and uh, they tend to be uh, pretty severely hypoglycemic, partly because they skip breakfast, but also from some other dynamic that may involve the fact that uh, biotin, which is a B vitamin that helps regulate blood sugar, is also depleted in pyrolyrics. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and their moods um, are are difficult to correct. It, it, I mentioned earlier that that typically, you know, as I described in the mood cure, we can correct people's negative moods. Um, by raising levels of our natural antidepressant serotonin, for example, uh, within about 10 minutes, you know, we provide the pre, you know 5-HTP or tryptophan, which converts to, to serotonin uh, within five or 10 minutes, um, and we see people right in the office uh, experiencing relief of the symptoms that brought them in, um, uh, the worry and negativity, anxiety, uh, irritability, and sleeplessness being primary. Well, with pyrolyrics, um, they have these symptoms uh, because they don't have vitamin B6. They can't make enough serotonin. They can't make enough of the stimulating catecholamines, so they might have difficulty focusing and, and, and experiencing mental energy. Uh, they, they can't make GABA, which is our natural tranquilizer. So... Uh, Without B6, they can't use the amino acids or proteins in the diet or as supplements very efficiently to make the energy work for them, the, the brain work for them uh, to produce positive moods. But once we add the nutrients, um, the zinc and the, and the B6 in particular for mood, um, B6 is just critical for that transformation of amino acids into neurotransmitters, um, then we see people who originally came in um, uncomfortable around people um, with a lot of depression and, and particularly anxiety. Um, one of the symptoms is do you like, when you enter a restaurant, do you like to sit in the middle of the room? Are you okay with that? Or do you always have to sit at the edge of the room? Um, so we see people who um, have these kinds of, of uh, um, anxieties and, and almost phobias really relieved of them. Yeah, yeah, it's like that difficulty feeling comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, yeah. When other people are present, especially. Yes, especially then. Well, um, Julia, I, I, you know, this is such an important subject, and I, and I'm realizing, gosh, we could probably spend about two hours talking about this easy, <laughs> like auctioneers, and not exhaust. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an important topic, and I'm, I'm hoping that our listeners 
um, you know, explore this a little more for themselves and take the the screening test and 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 you know, and then if they move forward, are positive with. for this, yes, to, to really seek uh, seek help because the news is really good that this is an incredibly manageable condition. Well, Julie, I can't thank you enough for taking the time from all of your considerable demands to share your considerable expertise with us all. And your books, of course, are The Diet Cure and The Mood Cure. And let's give them also your, Julia, let's also give them your your website, um, www.moodcure.com and also www.recoverysystemsclinic.com. Thank you, Nora. You're more than welcome, and uh, I hope we get the chance to do this again. I'm sure we have plenty more we could be talking about. I do, too. Look forward to it. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And when we come back, we're going to be shifting gears and talking about the very interesting subject of neurofeedback again. This time we're going to be inviting one of my most esteemed colleagues, John Anderson of the Minnesota Neurotherapy Institute, to talk with us about the history and prospect of using neurofeedback right in our schools. Now, John spent several years heading such a program at the Charter School in Minneapolis, and he has a lot of interesting things to say about it. So you won't want to miss this. This is Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, and I'm Nora Gagoutis. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. NBC Science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Want to learn more about neurofeedback? Want to find a trained clinician for yourself or for a loved one? Or maybe you are a professional looking to offer this powerful, non-invasive technique to improve results for your toughest clients. At EEG Info, we are the leading provider of neurofeedback resources, videos, and training for the next generation of neurofeedback professionals. If you want to improve symptoms of emotional and behavioral dysfunction, this non-invasive approach is the answer you've been looking for. Neurofeedback is successful in helping people of all ages achieve a feeling of greater health and well-being. Visit us at eeginfo.com today to learn more about neurofeedback or to find a local clinician who can help you or someone you love. Unlock the full potential of your brain today. Visit eeginfo.com. The inner 
Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Uh, earlier in the show today, we had best-selling author Julia Ross here to talk about the genetic metabolic condition known as pyroluria. And what a fascinating discussion that was. I know it was a real treat for me um, to have Julia here. Well, this half hour, both you and I are in for another real treat. John Anderson has been a student of holistic and traditional healing methods for more than 30 years, and he's worked to blend this knowledge and experience with the most current research in psychology, neuropsychology, and developmental neurotechnology. Now, John has been working with both biofeedback and neurofeedback since 1974, so it's been a while. Uh, he specializes in both children and adults with ADHD and other learning problems, chronic pain, addiction disorders, and a whole lot more. Now, John is additionally an educator of other professionals in the field of neurofeedback. He uh, teaches classes for Sense Corporation and... Um, John was also at one time the director of a neurofeedback program at a charter school in Minneapolis called A New Vision, A Chance to Grow, and was heavily involved in providing neurofeedback services in a school setting, the very subject he's here with us today to talk to us about. Now, um, I actually credit John with doing the very brain training that freed me so many years ago from what had been a lifetime of depression as well as anxiety and panic attacks that really hadn't responded to anything else. So you know that any guy that can fix my brain has got to be a magician. (laughs) Well, so it's of course no small thing for me to have him here. Now even without all that, John is one of my favorite human beings walking loose anywhere on the planet and a dear, dear friend. In fact, uh, my heart's already glowing like E.T. So without further ado, welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you, Nora. You're welcome. Um, it's really, really great to have you here. And uh, I think this is a subject that's, uh, you know, kind of timely with all the stimulus money going out there. This is maybe a good time to try to consider uh, something like neurofeedback in the schools. Of course, it's um, crazy that I have to get out and get a radio program and invite you as a guest just to have the chance to catch up with you and reminisce about old times. I guess both our lives these days are just that crazy, but... How long were you actually the director of neurofeedback at A Chance to Grow and involved with that program? And how also did that whole program there get started? Well, I was with uh, A Chance to Grow New Vision School for six years in the early 90s, uh, ending at 98. And uh, it started uh, by a local businessman providing a system that he purchased from uh, Sue and Siegfried Othmer. Yeah. Uh, one of their earliest systems that went out of their clinic uh, into a remote location. 
And they sent a, a trainer out, and she came out and trained uh, one of the New Vision staff, uh, who then uh, some uh, six months or so later trained me. Uh, and I came out of a peripheral biofeedback uh, environment and, and came to New Visions, and they were doing brainwave biofeedback. And I said, oh, that's kind of cool. And so we grew the system from that uh, one system uh, in a closet, really, uh, if you remember the old uh, parochial school closets. Yes, I certainly do. Long and narrow, and we had a chair and, and a table and, and an EEG device in there, and, and then we grew it to six systems in a very large room in a newly rebuilt uh, school building, and, and uh, we were doing at the end uh, somewhere between 90 and 120 sessions a week. Yeah, it was. It was. It, I, I remember it was just like kids going through there on a, on a conveyor belt practically. It was really, really busy. Yes. I, I think uh, I, what, what might be interesting, too, is to tell us a little bit, too, about that A Chance to Grow program in general. It's pretty unique. It is unique, yes. A Chance to Grow was developed by uh, Bob and Kathy DeBoer, uh, partly out of their work with their daughter. And they studied uh, probably every developmental approach that you can imagine for kids with learning problems and developmental problems. And so they synthesized all that together in this in environment uh, that they called the chance to grow. And when that became um, something that was sort of self-viable, uh, the people that they were working with said, hey, how about a school? Uh, where can we send our kids that are having these problems where you'll implement all of these wonderful things and we won't have to pay out of pocket for them? They'll be a part of the school curriculum. So they had... Um, developmental optometry and uh, uh, auditory retraining and uh, uh, occupational therapy and physical therapy and physical retraining that they called the Boost Up program where kids would uh, play on monkey bars and do uh, uh, sensory integration retraining uh, programs and then finally they also included neurofeedback. Yeah, and it seems uh, that they, they screened, you know, there was a very special population that attended this school. A lot of these kids were kids that were you know, largely uneducable in any other kind of environment, they'd enter into this program way behind where they should be for their normal age group. And often enough, you know, they left their kind of right on right on the money. Yeah. They had to be at least a year behind in reading to get into the school. It was a public charter elementary school that was designed as a reading remediation school. Of course, that wasn't the only problem that most kids had. Right. Um, and the neurofeedback program was actually subsidized uh, by the state of Minnesota. Right. It was subsidized as a special education intervention. Yeah, which is a you know, brilliant, brilliant idea. You'd think this would be everywhere now, but of course, you know. It actually has, it has grown quite a bit. It has it now. So um, where do you know? I mean, how many other similar programs that you know of um, are, are, you know, well, for one thing, were happening at the time, and, and also how has this whole idea expanded over time? Well, ours was the first that actually used EEG biofeedback. Uh, however, there were some peripheral biofeedback, uh, muscle relaxation, hand warming, teaching kids to relax sort of programs uh, way back in the early 70s. Yeah, okay. Uh, but EEG biofeedback, we were the first, and uh, since then it's grown to uh, several dozen schools throughout the country. Wow, that's, you know, and it, it's it's really interesting, too, working in a school setting where you have these multiple systems going at once in the same room and you don't 
necessarily have the usual benefit of parental feedback to draw from in engaging process. It's really kind of a unique challenge. It is. It's, it's a, a great environment for doing neurofeedback, but you do have some challenges as well. Yeah, we mostly relied on uh, teacher feedback, as I recall, and also periodic uh, testing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I know of, um, I was uh, emailing uh, back and forth with a, with a guy in, um, uh, I think in San Diego called uh, Rick, Jim, Jim Garcia. Mm-hmm. And he's a you know school psychologist doing all kinds of things, and he's worked with the uh, he is working I guess with the Galetta Union School District there, and um, has had uh, some real successes in in, in working uh, with with neurofeedback. Right. Um, the Yonkers School District also. Yeah, New yeah, York I, I definitely was was interested in in, in talking about that one. Um, I want to I, I want to hold off a little bit on getting into it because we're we're coming close to a break. But that that Yonkers School District is a really really great one to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know what um, what you know kind of results did you see with these kids that you worked with at a chance to grow? What are some of the real benefits to having neurofeedback available in a school setting? Well, I was reviewing our reports, uh, and actually those are part of the public record in Minnesota, so uh, I think if anybody wants to check that out, uh, there are places that they can find that information. But we wrote a report every year. In Minnesota, you have to provide very specific test, retest reliability measures and pre- and post-testing when you're a charter school, much more so than if you're just a regular uh, public school. So. Uh, generally speaking, about 80% of our kids that did neurofeedback showed statistically significant improvement. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. I know that um, I was uh, uh, talking with Siegfried about this too, uh, of the EEG, Siegfried Othmer of the EEG Institute. He's the chief scientist there. We've had him on the show here a couple of times, but mm-hmm. he said that um, you know years ago there was a school a principal in Wyoming that got inter- interested in neurofeedback, and he sent you know, the school psychologist in for, for training, you know, who didn't really know anything. But he started working, I guess, after he got trained uh, with, with special ed kids, and the results were really favorable in the sense that the children's IQs increased, yes. which is, again, one of these little side effects of neurofeedback training. Um, but it also sort of presented a problem to that school because the children were judged to need special attention on that basis of how far behind they were performance-wise with respect to that native ability, you know, is being indexed by their IQs. So, um, and as they increased the kids' IQs, the burden sort of fell on the school to bring up the academic performance level as well. So there were pluses and minuses that sort of increased the uh, burdens on the special ed teachers rather than reducing them. So, um, And but, sometimes kids no longer get services if they are no longer qualified Right, right. Or performance. Which we, we could probably get a little conspiracy theorist about if we allowed ourselves to become tempted. But we could. Well, we're going to take a little break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about this, this whole subject of neurofeedback in the school systems. And we have with us today John Anderson of the Minnesota Neurotherapy Institute and a former director of the neurofeedback program at A Chance to Grow, a New Vision School. And I'm Nora Gaudis, your host here on Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. We will be back in just a minute. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
NBC science consultant Dr. Mark Steinberg says every so often you encounter a gem among the dross competing for your attention. Such is the case with Primal Body, Primal Mind, written by Nora Gedgaudis. Primal Body, Primal Mind is a non-fictional excursion into the realm of biology, politics, and self-care that you will never get from formal academic education. It's a nutritional treasure map leading to optimal wellness the way nature intended. A jewel. Tom Hartman, acclaimed author, scholar, and national radio host, says, If you want to really know how your body and brain work, read this book. Go beyond the low-carb and paleo diet to discover the ultimate key to health, a better brain, weight loss, better mood, and a longer life. Primal Body, Primal Mind will show you how you can save more money eating incredibly well than you ever believed possible. You can order the life-changing book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, today. And sign up for Nora Gedgaudis' weekly blog update at www.primalbody-primalmind.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Is there truly a lesson in every situation? Can you learn from another person's experiences or are lessons learned when they only happen to you? Dave Felzer, number one national and number one international best-selling author, challenges listeners to stand tall, to be accountable no matter what the setbacks, and to recommit to enhancing their lives as well as assisting others around them. Listen to The Dave Felzer Show every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio with host Nora Gedgaudis. Got a question for Nora about today's show? The phone lines are open now at 1-866-472-5792. Toll free, 1-866-472-5792. Now back to our show. Here's Nora. Well, welcome back to Primal Body, Primal Line Radio. And we're here in this half hour talking with John Anderson of the Minnesota Neurotherapy Institute and a former director of neurofeedback, uh, actual neurofeedback program at a charter school in Minneapolis called A Chance to Grow. And um, before we went to break, right uh, just a few minutes ago here, uh, John alluded to uh, a really uh, well-publicized, actually, study uh, in, in Yonkers, well, not study, an actual neurofeedback program in a school system in Yonkers, New York. Uh, it was a case of a really successful neurofeedback program. Um, it was originally brought about by the uh, passionate efforts of a mother named Linda Vergara, who was uh, utterly determined to have school-based neurofeedback available for her child and so many other children suffering uh, learning disabilities. Um, and, uh, you know, she also wanted to create a really a kind of a drug-free and self-empowering method of doing that. And Linda pretty much got the whole neurofeedback going out there, and it was so enormously successful that it not only transformed the lives of nearly every child in that school system, but even the entire community. Um, it was a story that was written up and published in Parade Magazine uh, many years ago, and uh, Linda was 
she's quite the bulldog, as I recall, never took no for an answer, and also quite the uh, wise Latina woman. <laughs> yes, she was. Yeah, she was, uh, you know, she really did an incredible service to that entire community. Uh, I think they even ended up doing a, uh, a study there. Yes, they did, and I believe that was published. Yes, and it was, it was at the... Uh, I think it was the ISNR uh, journal, the uh, Society of Neuronal Regulation Journal, if, if I am not mistaken. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, w what you just said, I think that I saw her present at one of the conferences, and I think uh, one of the key issues that she mentioned as well was that sense of empowerment, that when kids can see that they can make a change on the computer screen uh, and that's driven by their brainwaves, they say to themselves, well, that means I can have some control here. I have some choice here. I'm not uh, relegated to having ADHD for the rest of my life and having to take drugs. And right. you know, I can do something about this. I think all that started with her own. Her own son was diagnosed with ADHD, and the doctors wanted to put him on drugs. And of course, you know that particular community that they lived in was a community that was really riddled with with drug problems. And she didn't want her child getting the example that taking a pill solves a problem. She wanted to try to find some alternative that um, would, instead of, as you say, sort of um, making him a, a victim of his own, you know, out-of-control nervous system, um, you know, it, it, empowering him instead. Right, giving Make him some skills. Yes, yeah, and I think that's one of the most rewarding things that I see uh, doing neurofeedback with kids is the, because so many of them uh, come in with ADD, um, with that, a feeling of disempowerment sort of inherent in them. They're, 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 they've been getting into a lot of trouble at school, so they're, uh, and maybe with their folks, and, and their self-esteem tends to, I mean, self-esteem problems almost seem to, um, you know, to pair with ADD a lot of the time. They're very discouraged. Yeah, and, and who could blame them? And, and it's so rewarding to see that turn around as they come to a place where they're actually able to focus better, and uh, and it doesn't take away their ability to be good at video games. In fact, they might even get better at video games right. <laughs> in some ways, but they suddenly they find that they have more choices. They're able to do a wider variety of things So without taking away who, who they actually are. Right. And, uh, well, and I know you've talked about this in prior shows, uh, uh, but the issue of this not being a treatment as such, but being a training approach. Yes. Uh, teaching children and adults uh, to have better skills about uh, state management and how to pay attention. and So it's uh, problems with attentional regulation. If you can teach them to regulate their own attention through an educational process, an interactive educational process, yes. they make great strides, and, and they're doing it themselves. Yeah. And, you know, and I remember seeing some unforgettable changes in some of the kids I worked with there at A Chance to Grow, mm -hmm. and it, it wasn't... It wasn't all about learning disabilities necessarily at all. I mean, we worked with everything from, from ADD to autism and Tourette's and mood disorders, uh, reactive attachment dis dis disorder issues. I mean, everything. Right. Yeah. Any kid who didn't make it in the regular public school system came to us. Yep. Yep. Kids uh, who had you know, closed head injuries or had oxygen deprivation or whatever. Um, and Additional deficits as well. Yes. Yes. Um, I I know that some of those um, some of those kids I just uh, I that I will never ever forget. I mean I think about them and even talk about them sometimes mm -hmm. to this very day. I do too. Yeah, 
It was a, such an incredibly uh, special environment. Well, I remember one boy particularly. Actually, there was a boy and a girl that I remember particularly. And the boy used to get in fights, and he got kicked out of two or three schools. And I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yes. And yeah, a little African American kid. He had little round spectacles. Yes. 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 And he said, and he with a uh, yeah. <laughs> "So he stopped fighting." And we asked him, "Well, why? You know, what's different?" He said, "Well, you know, in the past, if somebody would have bumped me, I would have turned around and pounded him." Yeah. Now I turn around and see who it is, and I see if he meant it on purpose or it was an accident. And he says, you know, if, it was, if he did it on purpose, then I'd pound him. But <laughs> Yeah, he was such a smart kid. And, um, you know, I remember one day sitting with him and, and, and talking with because I remember he'd, he'd made so much progress. My understanding is the very first time he was in the clinic, he literally ripped the, the electrodes off and trashed the office, and this kid yes. was maybe three feet tall, you know. Yes, he was. And... Um, and toward the end of my time working with him, I, there was just such a wonderful little human being that emerged, and he became such a popular kid at school. Yes. And I remember sitting there and asking him, and you know, you know, hey, talk to me. What do you think about? I mean, I, I, I'm into this with a lot of the really smart kids that I work with. I'm always wondering what it is that they're going to make of themselves someday. And I said, do you ever think about, you know, what you'd like to be when you grow up? And he says, oh yeah, I think about that a lot. And I said, well, what do you think? He said, well, I think I'd actually like to be a Police officer, I really want to help people. It blew my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this kid was, I mean, as I recall, his primary problem was reactive attachment disorder. Yes, definitely. And, um, and for a lot of people who don't know what reactive attachment disorder is, these are reactive attachment disorder, these are basically the sociopaths of our culture. This is the person that can walk up to you in the street, put a gun to your head, pull the trigger, and not feel anything. Right. And this kid went from that to, um, I remember he got adopted by... Uh, by this wonderful lady at the school, and uh, you know, and I watched him interact with her in in such a in such a positive, loving, and attached way, and uh, you know, it. I think about that kid a lot, and um, it was such an inspiration to me for so many years to come. And I've since had the opportunity to work with many such kids, and uh, but I've never forgotten him. One of the nice things about uh, doing neurofeedback in the school environment is that you know even kids who don't have the opportunity, their family doesn't have the money or they don't have the resources or everybody's working, they don't have the time, you just do it in the school. There's no transportation problem. There's no financial issue. Yeah. The kids who really need it, yeah. uh, who sometimes are the kids who least can afford it and least can get it, uh, are being served finally. Yeah. Well, I wish we had more time to talk about this. Unfortunately, uh, we just were, we're close to our the show being over. So, I, John, as always, it is a real gift getting to talk to you. And thanks for sharing with us your background and all of this. It, it seems to me that having your feedback available in a school setting could really be a godsend to the educational institutions in this country um, and to children and their families and communities, too. Um, could really serve to offset so many other problems. Um, if there's one thing I've learned about neurofeedback, it's that it's full of surprises. And in my experience, so-called side effects are typically good ones. Uh, I'd like to think a few more practitioners like you out there might venture more in those directions. It could sure make an exciting difference in our educational system. It could. I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks, John, once again. You you rock. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nora. And uh, you're doing a wonderful service here in this uh, radio program, so I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And for all you listeners out there, please tune in next week to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. Next week, we're going to spend the whole hour talking about autism. 
So we're going to be exploring that from both a nutritional and a neurofeedback perspective. So until then, remember, if it wouldn't look like food to somebody wandering around 40,000 years ago with a loincloth and a spear, it isn't food for you now either. And uh, be sure to be good to your brains. This is Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio. I'm Nora Gadgaudis, and I will talk to you all next week. I would like to thank my sponsors, the EEG Institute, offering the most trusted and respected source of information and training for neurofeedback, truly world leaders in the field. You can reach the EEG Institute at www.eeginfo.com or at 818-456-5965. I would also like to thank the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTA, for their generous sponsorship the NTA is the best, most trustworthy and reliable source of foundational nutritional education and nutritional therapist training here in the U.S. and possibly the known universe. I just can't say enough good things about this organization. You can find the Nutritional Therapy Association at www.nutritionaltherapy.com or you can call 1-800-918-9798. That's one 800 918 9798. Tell Marcy Nora sent you. Thanks too to Biotics Northwest, the source for exceptional healthcare practitioner quality supplements for every health professional. You can reach them at www.bioticsnorthwest.com or at 1 800 636 6913. Also, be sure to visit my website at www.primalbody primalmind.com where you can also get my book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, Empower Your Health, Your Total Health, The Way Evolution Intended and Didn't. Thanks again for listening to Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio, hosted by Nora Gedgaudis. Come back for another great program next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.